it's Venice. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Venice and Friends. Okay, so right now it is, I'm in Houston, Texas, and it has been pouring, pouring, pouring. Um, and just let me give you like a life update, okay? So I don't even know if I've, I, I've not shared like what's happening in my life. Let me just, let me take a little moment to do that. Okay. So, uh, for those of you who maybe haven't met me yet and you're new to the podcast, I am a Texan. I am originally from Texas, born and raised in Texas. I've never lived in a state outside, outside of Texas. Okay. Well, I did live in Puerto Rico, which is where my people are from. Um, many moons ago when I was a child, okay, which was a phenomenal uh, experience. So I'm from San Antonio, born and raised. And when I turned 30, I think it was 33, I took a job in Houston. And I lived in Houston for, gosh, I guess it's like 15 years or something like that, around that. And let's see. Okay. Then in that 15 years, I married Don, who is my husband. Now I was, I married my high school sweetheart. He and I had three awesome children. Those children are now adults. <laughs> my oldest son is like 32. Oh, geez. Yeah. He'll, Stephen will be 32, like in a few days. Then I have a 30 year old and I have a 20 seven-year-old. Okay. So I have three grandchildren. Stephen is married and has three children. Madeline, who's 10. Sophie, Sophia, who is eight. And Alexander, who is five. And these kids, like they totally have my heart. I just love, I'm nuts. And I'm, I'm a, I, I will just tell you straight up. I love my grandkids. And you know how you hear, oh, there's such a special love, you know, for grandchildren. It's true. Like, I have no idea how it is, but like these little people just have your heart. And it's like, I love my kids, but the love for my grandkids is like on another level. It's not even the same as my kids. I wouldn't say I love them more. I love them different, but it's nuts. So like for me, I've always had this dream to like be active in my grandkids lives right now when I was growing up you know I was very close to my grandmother Matilda and she was a part of my life like big time ever since I was born right so maybe for me part of it comes from like I know what it's like to be around my grandma and have her in my life and she was my grandmother she's just like amazing woman right and I want that for my grandkids. Now, the challenge with that is like, it just seems like nowadays people do things differently <laughs> than like when I was growing up, right? What I mean by that is when I was growing up, maybe it was just like the area I grew up in, people kind of stayed close to their family. You know what I mean? Like a lot of my friends in San Antonio, like, They've never left San Antonio. They live in the same neighborhood they grew up in. And everybody kind of lives around the same, in the same community, in the same city. 
versus now. It seems like people move. They move to different states. They move to different cities, maybe for college or for their career, right? Well, that's what's happened with my son. So he was in the Navy. Well, of course, he got stationed in different places, right? Uh, Then he went to college. Then he moved. So guess what I've been doing for 10 years? Everywhere they go, I go. (laughs) So it's like, I think the first trip I did was to San Diego when Stephen was uh, was stationed in San Diego. Then the second big trip I made was to all the way on the other side, east east coast. Well, I don't know if it's east coast, but on the eastern side of the country in Virginia, when he was stationed at a small naval post in um, in Virginia. A lot of people are like, "There's a naval post in Virginia." Yes, in Dahlgren, Virginia. Some people are like, what is Dahlgren? (laughs) So my son was stationed there. So, you know, I remember Maddie turning five and I went, I think for about a week and oh, it was just gorgeous. It was February. It was snowy. It was so pretty and very snowy and awesome. So essentially, I think some people think I'm crazy. Like I have literally had one or two people ask me, Venice, are you just going to keep moving if your son moves around? Like at some point, aren't you just going to like, now I've not moved to different states when Stephen was stationed, you know, in the Navy at different places. However, when, um, when he settled, like in college, he went to school in San Marcos, which is near Austin. I was like, well, I'm because I would drive every week. I drove from Houston, Texas to San Marcos every week to see my grandkids. I don't know. I for sure a year. It might have been two years. And I, I think it was two years because in the second year I was like, okay, this sucks. Uh, I don't want to keep driving like this. So I like really had a conversation with Don about moving to Houston just to be nearer to the grandkids. That's how important these little people are for me, right? And so there we go, moving to Austin. And so the plan was, well, Stephen always was like, hey, I'm just going to get a job in Austin. So I will move over and, you know, uh, from St. Marcus to Austin. So I was like, well, we'll get a place in Austin and we'll just like settle there. You know, we'd sold our home, blah, blah, blah. We we were able to kind of be mobile, right? So then Stephen gets, so we we go to Austin. I loved living in Austin. It's so totally different than Houston and San Antonio. So it turns out Stephen gets this phenomenal job in Houston working for NASA after college. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in Austin now. (laughs) So long story short, I was not really planning on moving back to Houston and Lo and behold, where am I living right now? Houston. (laughs) So the thing is, my husband has a job in Denver working remotely, you know, but he, his job office is in Denver. So then it's like, well, what are y'all going to do? Well, our plan has been just to travel back and forth between Denver and Houston. So people are like, you guys are both crazy. (laughs) You and Don are nuts. And really, you know, what I'll say is it's, I'm totally off topic, but I really am going somewhere. Okay. So I'm going to kind of close this loop here about being in Houston right now and, and, and transition. But 
this is what it looks. Someone told me recently, like you move around a lot. And I didn't take the comment with anything like any meaning. Okay. But this dear friend of mine was like, yeah, it's like, that's your life. You just move around a lot. And uh, I didn't think much of it. How, and what I really, this was like a month later, I wasn't thinking about her comment, but something came to me um, that was put her comment into perspective. And that is that there's something I've been up to for 20 years. What I have been up to is designing a life I love. And I'll tell you something about designing a life that you love. There's so many different like, you know, it's a journey. And designing a life that that I love, it takes time. Part of designing a life I love involved really creating a relationship with my sons. Um, I, I, I say this, and I'm just being, it's the only way I can articulate it. I was a good mom in terms of I raised my sons. I, I, they always had a roof over their head. You know, the things you're supposed to do as a parent. You feed your children, you clothe them, you give them shelter, right? And I was very reliable for that. But on the emotional side, I, I really had a challenge emotionally connecting with my children and that really came from something that my mom told me when I was pregnant with Stephen. I was a single mother at 16, pregnant, okay, unwed mother. And I remember my mom told me when I told her, she said, Venice, your life is over. And those words, to this day, my mom does not remember saying that. She does not remember saying that. My mom actually has argued with me that she would never say that. And I get it. But it was such a like a moment for me that I would never forget that. <laughs> you know, like this is something you're like, no, I, I remember that. Because it had such an impact on me, right? So in that moment, I, I my brain made this an interpretation about what she said because that's what the brain does my brain said you're not going to have a life and I adopted that belief as a mother was it because I was a mother so young I would never have a life so imagine and then I added like to that what well when my kids are adults then I can live my life because my life is ruined because I have kids at 16. I had three children at 21. Okay. So yeah. So like it was, that was the context of me being a parent, of me being a mother. So of course it made sense that I took care of them and emotionally had a hard time because I was surviving motherhood. And I, and how I got like this awareness was when I was 30 and I was so incredibly miserable. I was miserable at 30. I just, I remember just feeling like crap all the time. Like I just didn't have, it was just like, 
Oh, it was, but the thing is, and my mom and I have talked about this because my mom's like, but I never knew that about you. I never knew how unhappy you were. You always seemed to be just this really happy girl, you know, and I'm, it's true on the outside. I was a huge like pretender and I became masterful at pretending everything was okay. Like I mastered pretending and you know the thing about pretending is it's not real and you know it's like that thing can only run so long and then it's just like I was left with just feeling so dissatisfied in my life not even only my parenting I mean I was proud that my kids you know I gave them opportunities my my son's an engineer for goodness sakes (laughs) like all three of my children are very successful people right So they turned out they really did, despite me. But I will say this. When I turned 30, my kids were still very young. And I really made it a point to expose them to, like, the same education that I had that really made a difference in my life. And so I I really see the impact of... Because I went to work to design a life I love. And I was clear that the way the relationship with my children had gone, it was destined to be really bad as adulthood in adulthood. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to have it go that way. So I'm going to do what it takes to really create a relationship with my children that I love that in adulthood, they would want to be with me, that they would want to spend time with me, that they wouldn't just tolerate me, but that I would be someone that they'd want to actually have in their life. And that is literally what I have right now with my children. But you know, I have a point here around designing a life that I love or you love, is that it, it's not like an overnight success. Have you ever heard the statement that says, you know, it takes years for someone to be an overnight success. It really does. It really does. And it's, it's like, wow, you know, I'm designing a life I love and it's looked how it's looked because there have been different parts to this whole journey. You know, and I, I actually did have a conversation with my friend about her comment. I said, you know, I, I, I have just something to say about your comment I would say that it's not that I move around like that's my lifestyle. It's I'm on a journey. And this is what the journey has looked like. I'm on a journey to design a life I love. So right now I'm in Houston. <laughs> and I live 10 blocks away from my son. So you, ha- you can only imagine if you're a grandkid, a-, a grandparent, how happy I am right now. I'm close. I'm not too close. I l- it takes me like two minutes to get to my son's place because there's one light (laughs) you know it's like this one street it's all the way go down the street take a left and take a right it's like so awesome right I am so incredibly happy to be so close to my grandkids and so are they and so is my son right so right now I'm in Houston and it's raining I'm getting all the way back it's taking me 15 minutes to come to full circle with my opening statement about being in Houston and it's pouring cats and dogs. You actually may hear thunder in the background, okay? Because it's pouring right now. Now, I titled this podcast, Doing Your Part. And there's something I've really been like kind of mulling over. So 
recently I've really been as a as a person who creates content I've been creating content for like my my community for you know going on 6 years now right and there's something that I've really discovered about being someone who you know has a platform and shares I think there's two things that I've really learned one is um that to be true to myself and to speak whatever I speak, that it really be authentic to who I am. And some people are going to align with it and some people aren't. And it's totally okay. And I really am at the point where I used to always be like, oh my God, I have to say things this way. And my latest thing has been time. I've had this belief that I have to say everything quickly because if not, people are not going to stay on and want to listen to what I have to say. And I'm unlearning that. It's not true. You know, if I'm interesting to someone, they're going to listen. And if I'm not, they're not. And it's not personal about me or them. It's just everyone has their different vibe, persons that they vibe with. And I just may not be one of those persons. And I'm really okay with it. But so I'm really at peace with like, okay, be true to myself. The second thing I've really discovered is, you know, my message is going to evolve. There's the one, there's a, a theme in everything that I share. If you really share my, if you follow my content, everything leads to fulfillment. I am designed. It's so beautiful. Like when I think about it, the creator of the universe designed me to have a yearning for people to experience fulfillment. Now you can experience fulfillment in different ways, right? For me, fulfillment, it's very holistic. It's very like kind of fun, like the basics of fulfillment for me are spiritual fulfillment, um, emotional fulfillment or purpose, um, passion, and peace. I say that all those lead to fulfillment. The ultimate fulfillment is to have your life matter, to have your life be in service of something greater than yourself. So that's what my life is for. My life is for like being a conduit for people to, you know, discover who they are. And what I'm really, you know, when I talk about peace, there's something that I'm really just, I don't know what it is. I'm so like drawn to the whole conversation about renewable energy. And sometimes I think, I know this may sound off, like off topic for you, but for me, it's just makes sense, you know? And I was thinking about this. I'm in Houston, as I said, twice already. And right now in Houston, where we are at is there's a concern for the organization that runs our electrical grid. It's called ERCOT, okay? And they have been really communicating in the month of June. And I remember even seeing, I believe it was in April, because I follow ERCOT. They had an article or a, yeah, like on their website, like a blog post 
a communication that there could be a concern for the summer of usage for the grid. Well, here we are now. I remember thinking and when I read that, oh, you know, they're just covering their butts <laughs> because we had like this crazy snow cop lips in February and now they're going to be like sounding the alarm just to cover their butt, right? Well, here we are now in June and, you know, everyone's being asked to raise their thermostat to 78, which I am like not used to that. Um, and I've been really kind of like struggling with you know, gosh, it just doesn't seem fair, you know, like, why should I, and no one's forcing me to do that, by the way, we know Don and I choose to do that, to do our part, which is the topic of this conversation, you know, part of me thinks, well, whose problem is it? We have this electrical grid, and look, I know you may be listening to this conversation, and you don't live in Texas, but do you know, in terms of your electricity, who runs your electrical grid? How is it organized in your state? I mean, it's something we don't think about. I don't know about you, but I've never even thought about stuff like that. And here's why I chose to do this particular podcast. Because yesterday, it, I had this moment. I realized I have a granddaughter who's 10 I have a grand, my youngest grandchild is five. And I was thinking, what is, what's it going to be like for them when they're my age? I'm 49. And it, I've always felt like people say, saying things like, I'm doing something good for future generations. Like, I always thought that was kind of cheesy. <laughs> I really did. I was like, that is so cheesy, right? But I had a moment for myself where I had actually got like, what is it going to, what is our electrical grid going to be like when Madeline is 49? And I had a moment, I was like, holy crap. Now I go back to thinking of in the island I grew up on in Puerto Rico, you know, there was the horrible hurricane that happened in Puerto Rico. I can't remember the name of it in this exact moment. But ever since I was a child, and I lived on the island like 40 years ago, okay, the electricity was always going out. And we always knew there was issues with the electrical, like the whole electrical situation in Puerto Rico. And everybody just accepted it. And of course, in the hurricane that happened two years ago or a couple years ago, it devastated the infrastructure on the island. And why I'm bringing that up is because part of me, I'm realizing, wow, you know, like here I am noticing like there may be a real concern here. And I'm like, well, someone else is going to handle it. It's not my problem. And yet, I'm really like, what, what would it be? What if I took on, it is my problem. It might not be my problem, but maybe it's my responsibility. And, and then, because here's the thing. I was thinking, well, I'm just one person. You know, like, I'm just one person. And like, 
I can't me just make a difference. But then I was like, wait a minute, I have this huge platform on social media. What if I started talking about it? What if, yeah, maybe the electrical grid in in Texas is not my problem. Maybe, I don't know, it's not set up right or I don't know. But what if I made it my responsibility to make a difference? To be a part of a solution? Because the reality is that if something doesn't improve, it's going to just get worse. And I'm like, oh yeah, and who is going to be impacted by getting worse? Is my grandkids who I've traveled, I've moved in different, like for them. <laughs> like the, clearly I'm committed to these three people, right? Who all are young, they're under the age of 10. So I'm, I'm, sh- I'm coming on to share this with you. Like I'm, my intention is that, that you start to think, first of all, who runs my electrical grid? How, what kind of shape is that thing in? <laughs> like, is there a lot of usage on your electrical grid? And the thing that I go to is people are not going to want to find out. Well, I don't know. I'm just making that up. Maybe you might be interested. Maybe you have grandkids and you may be interested. And maybe if we all got interested, something could begin to like emerge out of people being interested. Like curiosity. I mean, I'm like really, at this point, I've made it my, like a commitment to myself that in July, I'm going to really start getting more into the legislative laws around electrical, this whole situation, energy and solar and I'm, I'm and ERCOT. And, you know, I, I, that's just where I'm at because I'm really someone who wants to be informed because I can't impact something if I don't know the condition or like the status or the facts of things, right? So, in comes like now I want to talk about solar energy to me now solar energy just becomes like it just kind of makes sense I've really been for me solar as a possibility for people to really consider it it's all been about like saving money you know because saving money for me gives me peace of mind the more money I have in my pocket I experience more peace because I can save that money, use it for something that I may need in the future, or I can use it on something else that it needs to be utilized for. It's a money is a resource, right? So when I have extreme high electrical bills, that's stressful. So that has been my entire thing with, you know, the solar energy is, oh yeah, people get to save money. But now there's another layer that I'm really like getting for myself. And that is, wow, I really could, through my um, involvement and educating people, could literally impact the future of my grandchildren. Now you should know, Don and I sold our house. We don't even have a house. <laughs> We're living in like, we're renting right now. And, you know, I, Dawn is our, we're, we've talked about it. The minute we buy our, what, our next house, we will have solar. You know, it just makes sense. Um, 
but like I, even though I don't own a home, I can still use my platform to educate people. And that's really what I'm up to. I want to leave you today with as something to think about, like just really simply, where is your, who manages your electrical grid? Is your electrical grid in high usage? And even if it's not in high usage, like I want you to consider that solar energy can be a conduit like for doing our part because the bottom line with solar if you're not familiar with how it works is you know there are these solar panels right and i'm going to take this this complex um process and i'm going to make it really simple okay but it's like having a power plant on your roof you have these solar panels and they take the sun, the energy from the sun and it's basically able to be converted so you can use it i'm not going to go into details i want to but i'm not going to so you can a bottom line have energy to use for your home to power your home so it just makes logical sense if you're using energy from the sun then you're using less energy from your electric grid that's a no-brainer so it's like, why wouldn't I do that? Now, let's talk about the cost. And I really don't want to get into that conversation right now, but here's what I'll say about it. Because I've been interviewing people because I'm curious. I'm very curious by nature and I love finding information. So I'll start having like lots of conversations with different people. And what I've discovered is that it doesn't, you know that you could actually get solar with zero money down? That's amazing. And I literally had this one lady and she was telling me that her daughter was paid thousands and thousands of dollars to get solar. And I was like, really? Like, you know, I didn't, of course, I didn't get to talk to her daughter. I am going to request a conversation because I just like to find out about her experience. But, you know, from the research and also the people that I know who are energy consultants, it ain't necessarily so that you have to put thousands of dollars down to go solar. So I'm really for like get educated. If And, and now it's like my conversation about solar is taking on a different kind of element or um, layer to it. It's really about... I'm committed to doing my part because I've got three grandkids that are going to be impacted if something isn't managed or addressed or even looked into. And that something is the quality of our electric grid, the overusage, and finding solutions for it. So... I'd love to hear your thoughts on this conversation. I really feel like this is a conversation that really matters. And we can all do our part, every single one of us. So I'm going to leave a link for two people that I know and trust. They're energy consultants, and they are in the Houston area. If you're not in the Houston area, you can still get educated. So please feel free. I'm going to put the link. It's www.easywithsolar.com. It's going to be in the notes for this episode. And I invite you to go get educated, set up an appointment. 
You can do Zoom, you can do in person and find out if solar may be a good fit for you. If you have a family member, maybe you're renting right now. Maybe you sold your house like I did and you don't have a home that you're, you own. Well, maybe your son or daughter, you know, I think everybody can go solar. You do have to be a homeowner. So, all right. I think that's all I got for you. It's been a pleasure today. Thanks for letting me share a little bit about my life too. So designing a life I love for me, you know, maybe it's also solar. It's like designing a life that works for everyone. Wow. I just got that right now. So designing a life I love, maybe it could include designing a life that works for everyone. So with the thunder in the background, (laughs) I will see you next time. Bye guys.